welcome to Grid Talks, your weekly RC podcast, with your hosts Russell Lee and Chris Bowden, bringing you the latest RC news and interviews from around the world. Sit back and enjoy as we talk RC cars. Hello and welcome to Grid Talk, your weekly RC racing podcast, with your host myself, Russell Lee, and of course, as always, the fantastic Chris Bowden. How are you doing, Chris? Mate, I'm all right as usual. Cracking yeah. on. Got the, got got a special guest tonight, though, mate. I know, mate. Um, awesome one. Can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Anyway, before we start rambling on, let's have, let me say a thank you to the sponsors. So, massive thank you to CML Distribution and, of course, Schumacher Racing, the guys that keep us in air every week and do a lot for RC everywhere, even the moon. So, Chris, this one, it's the big one. The four-wheel drive world champion, Bruno Coelho. Reigning world champion. So, do think, do you, not, not just past, current, do, do you, reigning. Do you think he's going to answer the phone this week? Well, I've got a funny feeling, mate. Don't ask me why. All Don't right. ask me why, but I think he is. Okay, let's go looking for him then. And with the same editing powers as usual, I think we should have Bruno Coelho on the line. How are you doing, Bruno? Hello, guys. All good, and you? Excellent, mate. I've been really looking forward to this one. Yeah, so have I. So have I. It's great. It's great to finally get you, mate. You're you're you're, you're well worth the wait. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> so, just a quick introduction for the listeners. This is Bruno Quailo. Shouldn't really need any introductions in the world of RC. Um, he's a three-time world champion, two-time European champion, driving for X-Ray, Sun Padau, and I believe you've got your own brand of products now, haven't you, as well, Bruno? Yeah, BR1. Yeah, yeah, BR1. They look some of those look really nice actually. Um, so Bruno, what we tend to do first of all on on these is um, we get a little bit of your sort of we call it this is your life. So mm-hmm. how we normally go with the how did you get started in the world of RC? What was your intro to it? Yeah, so when I was eight years old, um, I was like going around with my dad. We were we went to the like a shopping center. And uh, suddenly we saw like a a park, you know, like a big spot, and uh, we saw like many people driving RC cars there, you know. So my dad was passing, and he just stopped by there, you know. And we were watching the cars, and I think my dad realized that I really got enthusiastic with that, you know. Like I was really excited to see the cars. So um, it was like May in that time. So then in June, my dad, uh, when it was my birthday, my dad uh, like offered me a RC car 110 was a, a Thunder Tiger in that time Nitro, uh, yeah, and I start on the on that spot and that same spot uh, driving with the with the people with random people on the like an open open spot, so then started there. And what what was that? What do you, can you remember? What make that car? What um, model that car was? Thunder was it Thunder Tiger 110 Nitro? It's like a um, how could you say? It was like a, a start a starter car for beginners, you know, like. Uh, uh, oh, 110 Nitro. Uh, yeah, we call them Nitro RTR car. cars. We RTR, use, yes. Ready to run. Yeah. I was missing yeah. the, the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, obviously, if that was just driving around then, how did you start into getting more and more serious into like... So in the UK, we have um, a thing like the regional series where it's smaller events than nationals, but still pretty competitive. Um, I'm not sure what they have in Portugal for that. 
Yeah, in Portugal we then like okay in June my dad gave me that car and in December on the on the Christmas he offered me one eight on road, so we exchanged with one ten to one eight and I yeah. started to go to Monsanto is a on road track we have in uh, in Lisbon, um, and I started there like testing a lot with one eight and immediately on the nationals because in Portugal we don't have that many drivers that we can really make many different classes or categories let's say. So I started immediately on the on the nationals one eight on road, um, yeah, and driving like all, in all nationals in Portugal and learning with the with the guys around. Yeah, yeah, is that the track you were at recently where you uh, ran the tenth car and broke the lap record? Yeah, is is that uh, that same track? Yeah, it's about like fifteen minutes from my home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like my home track. Uh, I, I have been driving there for for since I'm nine years old, more or less eight, nine years old. So yeah, it's a very nice truck. You know it very really nice. well. You know it really well. Then have you have you ever had a speed gun on your car down the straight to see how fast it goes? Because uh, I watched on... the video, and it, it's mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally we are not actually driving the the full straight. Yeah, we drive only the half straight because the the straight has some bumps and with the um, with the with the touring, sometimes you get the bump and you completely fly and destroy the car, you know. Yeah. So we don't good. take the risk to drive the old straight. But I would believe that we can actually reach 120 to 130 uh, kilom- kilometers hour on yeah, straight. Yeah, that's about 65, 75 miles an hour. That's, yeah. Yeah, that is more or less. That, yes. That is crazy for an electric car. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, me and Russ would destroy the car at about twenty mile an hour down. <laughs> yeah, you would. You, yeah. you would. You'd have no. I mean, the thing is, with it, with the, I suppose with the car being that fast, if you do hit something like halfway down the straight, it's it's building new car time, isn't it? Yeah, it's for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's for sure. So when you moved into that that one eighth class, how long till you sort of realised how good you actually were? Like, how long till you were sort of beating? everybody really because with a, with how good you are these days it surely couldn't have been that long could it yeah until i realized i think was only when i had like 20 years old <laughs> until oh, really? my dad realized <laughs> yeah because at that time i was just young you know i just had want to have fun you know yeah um yeah but only when i started to go to the euros and really start to understand where actually I am, you know, because when you are young, you think everything is like for fun, you know, yeah. and you don't really have the stress, you don't really have the, you know, that, that whole environment around you, you know, um, but uh, let's say my dad for sure realized it very soon, that's why he actually, you know, he dedicated all his life to my career, let's say, like to, to try to learn everything and to make, to, to, to give me everything the best, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. To, to run the best so for sure like when I had like 11 years old I started immediately to race uh, international like European champions and uh, and world champions uh, but that time we had not so much money so it was the only thing we could do was like European champion you know so yeah, world, yeah. world champion I mean you were, you did some of the junior worlds didn't you was that in Argentina yeah I wanted yeah. my first yeah my first in 2006 in um, in Argentina uh, I won the the world champion junior. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like was that your first major 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 title then? Yeah, yeah. Let's say yeah. I could yeah. say it. Yeah. What what was it like doing the the the, the first worlds when you were twelve? That was Argentina, wasn't it? What was it like going out out of your your own country and racing against other people? 
Were you were you worried that you wouldn't have the pace um, when you went on a world stage? I mean, I know you're only twelve, so did you care, or did you just want to go and enjoy it, or did it not yeah, cross it, your mind? Yeah, as as I said, at that time I think I I was still young to really understand where I was, you know, yeah. and how the business really goes, you know. For, for in that time, I really just wanted to have fun, so I didn't care if I go full throttle and completely disemblade all car in the first quarter, you know. I just <laughs> want to yeah. to go and try to be fast, and that's it, you know. And uh, yeah, for sure, my dad enjoyed a lot uh, because we we had a great time there, um, and we learned a lot of things. Uh, I was uh, 11 on the overall ranked, let's say. I finished first on the junior. Yeah. But uh, I didn't win to the final due to 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 a mistake on the pit lane, not from my dad, but it was Andrea, Andrea that was refueling for for my dad. Yeah. Uh, because my dad could be a little bit nervous, so they decide like to to more, like a a kind of more professional guy to refuel. But in the end, this professional guy made a mistake uh-huh. <laughs> refueling because he was too nervous. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah, he completely put fuel everywhere. So I was like uh, second or third in the, in the semi. Like everything was re- was like perfect to go on the final. Uh, but then it just put full all over the place. My my tires were completely full of fuel. No brakes so, as well. <laughs> yeah, I completely lost uh, the like the pace and the positions, and I wasn't able to go on the final. But I was really I, nice. I, I bet that man has never lived it down. That's the same over in the UK. <laughs> no, I, bet, I bet he bet his friends have never let him forget that day. Yeah. No, but it was it was nice because the guy was was very nice. He was helping us really a lot. He was just unlucky, you know. I I can't really blame him, you know, because it was the guy that really sponsored us to go there. Yeah, it was the, the guy that is um, Andrea Rossi. That was the the guy that in that time run Sirio. That is yeah. a brand for uh, engine brand. Uh, and he, he like kind of sponsored us to go there, you know. So he really wanted to make everything perfect, you know. But he just had bad luck, uh, and he was super disappointed after the semi because he, he knew I could pass to the final, and I, and I was so young, you know. Yeah, but so everything was okay. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, it's it's been a lot of experiences since then. You, you've amassed probably so much knowledge in the sport. Now, if you could, you know, travel back in time and the Bruno of today talk to the 11 year old Bruno what would be the the first piece of advice or the biggest piece of advice you'd give yourself to myself uh, I think or, or just to I any think, young kid these days really I think the the main important thing and it's it's I think it's not only for the RC it's for everything all hobbies that we are we are in I think the most important thing is to have fun always you know yeah because as soon as you go home and you have no fun, you know, you start yeah. to lose that interest from the hobby, you know. And sometimes the kids or the the the, the parents of the kids, you know, the, normally the, the 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 fathers, they push they put too much pressure on the sons, you know, and they don't really let them enjoy the hobby, you know, because they want them always to be better and better, you know, yeah. but forcing them way too much, I think. I actually, I, my dad never forced me. To nothing, you know, like, uh, or complain about me because I was flipping too much or crashing or whatever, you know. Just let me have fun, you know. Yeah. And I think this is the, the most important thing is to to have fun while you are driving, while you are on the track, you know, whatever. If you are crashing, of course, you need to say something, you know, but not on the on the bad way, you know, like just yeah. advertising, you know, something like alert, like hey, take attention, but not on the bad way, on the rude way. Let's yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So do you ever find these days, I mean, obviously you race at like the most 
the pinnacle, the 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 one percent of the best in the world. Do you ever find nowadays sometimes the pressure takes away a little bit of the fun of it and just think, I just want to go and do some club racing this weekend and have a laugh? Uh, some, sometimes I really like to race, you know. I really like because I'm not the kind of guy that really feel that a lot of pressure, you know. Yeah. Because I, as I said, I, I try always to have the fun, you know. And as I never had from the sponsors, uh, that's really pressure to win, you know. Like, you must win. You know, like they were always very open and I'm the kind of guy that like to help the people and like to have fun, to be friendly with the people. Because uh, I think our hobby is not only about winning the races, but is more about like having, uh, not having fun to not use again this world, but like, you know, to, to when you, the people come on that weekend, you see the friends, you know, and you are there like sharing the knowledge and everything. And, uh, and uh, Again, having fun all together. Yeah, you know? it's great to be able to so, enjoy it, isn't it? Yeah, so basically I see the races when I see... Oh, we've lost him. ...there to have fun. I'm Go going back. there to win. That That's, of course, you know, that's sure. But um, the all races around, like ETSs and everything, I'm not going there always with the main goal and only goal to win. I'm going there to to help the people, you know, and mainly the 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 ones that drive my with my sponsor like X-ray, Obi-Wing and these kind of things. Yeah. Um but even the other people and then of course to win, you know. But I think it's more important on our hobby to help the people for to 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 have the people happy than really to win the race. Yeah. You probably don't remember this, but you set up Chris's speed controller at the EOS round in Germany. <laughs> He put your second yeah, on his... I forgot. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember like... the first one at? Do you remember the first one at MR33 at um, Mark Reinard's track? And we were outside on the Astro. It was my first ever foreign event. Okay. I'd um, I'd I'd done something to the speedo in one of my cars, so I just quickly swapped it out, and it was the dash for cash. Okay. And I got I got paired with Mark Reinard, and he couldn't uh-huh. figure out why my car had no power. And in the end, he ended up just calling you over. Bear in mind, I'd, I'd never spoken to you before, ever, not even said hello. Um, Mark calls you over and uh, said, what's wrong with this? And you changed a few things on it. And from then, geez, it was ballistic fast. I couldn't, I could barely, <laughs> handle, I could barely handle it. It was just like, well, I'm glad Mark can drive this. But yeah, again, I, I don't remember that, that particular case, but for, of course, like, I mean, I, I never say no to no one, you know. And I'm... No, no. I'm really. I try to help the people because I already, I have been already on that side, you know. So I only started to be professional when I was 21. Yeah. So until there, I was always with my dad on the trucks, trying to look what professionals do, you know. And always, I was never really helped like we are today, you know. Like today, I think the brands really want more the professional drivers to help the people than in the past. You know, I think in the past the mentalities were more to win the race and that's it. You know, they don't really care about their customers, about the people around. You know, and uh, and actually my mentality is more like that. You know, like more trying to help the people and not only winning the race. Well, yeah, like now even more so. Every brand is very into that. Like you know, if if you have this car, whether it's X-ray associated, as soon as you've got that car, you are a part of something. 
you go to a race yep. meeting you are part of a team whether you you sit with the main team or whether you don't you are part of a team you know and people will talk to you and tell you your car's not right you know people you don't know yep. whether they've got the same car yep. you know yep. or if you ask you know there'll be, there'll be five people throwing the pit boxes open to get you the right part to put on your car to make it work you know it really yep. is a lot more team based now isn't it even if you're not you know sponsors just in, as long as you've got that brand of car you're away aren't you yeah that's for sure yeah I agree I think one of the things that you can kind of see that with is um, a lot of the pro drivers now and it bring it brings me on you know a nice little transfer to this um, some of your like um, Facebook videos that mm-hmm. you've been doing I I personally don't run the Hobbywing ones the Hobbywing speedos I run Reedy but I was watching some of your videos, especially that one on the the settings for the hobby wing. I think you entitled it "How to Cheat with a Hobby Wing." Yeah, and it was amazing the way you sort of described everything. It it made that accessible for the people who maybe haven't got that experience with setting yeah. up setting up that. And you can see though the the help that the pro drivers have now are now giving to people through those. So. With those those videos, what sort of inspired you to start doing them? Yeah, now I, I, as you know, I drive many categories, so I drive sometimes like six six different categories. Yeah. So I I didn't really had that time to make these kind of videos, you know. But I think these kind of videos kind of reflect what I do on the races, that it's helping the people and try to explain them why I do these kind of things, you know. Like if you came to me and you tried to ask me like the parameters of obiwing I would explain you the same way I explained you on the video you know but just in the past I had no time to do it because this video I did everything by myself you know like the, the editing editing the video making the video producing the video thinking about the video you know everything was done my, by myself so it takes like 2 3 days to make everything you know and oh. to prepare all and in in the past when I had so many races I, I had, if I have these three days, I don't want to spend it to make this video. I want to spend it with my yeah. girlfriend, you know, or just having some fun because I pass so many days out of home that when I come home, I want to stop with RC a little bit, you know, just having a relax, you know, some time to relax. And now we had so much time to stop it. That's if I don't arrive to the people on the racetrack, I need to arrive on different way. So that's why I, de- I decided to make the video so I can arrive to the people on the different way. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the way the way you explained it made, um, we shared it on, I shared it on the uh, our Facebook page because we we I think we've been talking about speed controllers and how complicated they can get, and that same day you released that video, so we shared it and the response to it was really really good. There's a lot of people that sort of appreciate that you've took the time to do that. So yeah, I try I tried to make the the old videos I have been made. I always try to make, and I think it's a kind of a message also to the professional drivers, that normally they, they explain the things, but they still explain the things on the professional way. So yeah. it's something like they explain it well, of course, but they explain it like a, to a, a person that already knows a lot about it. you know. And when I try to make my videos, I try to make them like you are talking or you, you try to give an example of things that happen on the track you know like okay if you do this happen this if you do this happen that you know yeah so like this you can actually see like ah my car is doing this ah maybe i need to change this parameter like i did on the um, on the on the speed or like i was telling like the jumping and the landing on the perfect spot 
you know you know when yeah. you are jumping and not not landing all the time on the same spot is because of that perimeter you know so I, I actually give you an example of what that perimeter does you know and not really just telling you that perimeter changes your throttle rate you know yeah yeah so no. I think it's just the way how you explain it yeah I think the way you explained it as well it, it doesn't it didn't just to me anyway it didn't just apply to the hobby wing speedos you, I, you can translate that into whether you run reedy much more you know sky yeah. rc whatever speed you can you can translate those because they all have very similar settings don't they so yeah. it was it would the way you explained it was simple enough to to translate into other manufacturers as well which obviously helps more and more people no, um, thank you <laughs> yeah so you mentioned running a lot of classes and you also mentioned the biggest thing is to have fun in RC. Mm -hmm. So what's the class that you find the most fun? What's your go-to? I really, I'm kind of a dilemma, I think is the word you can use in English. I don't know if it's dilemma yeah. you use or not. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's difficult to explain because I really love 1.8 on-road Nitro. But in these days, I don't really like to 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 have races on it because it's uh, all about one thing that is engine so on these days i will maybe say touring electric uh on the high traction that i really like um but it, it depends it's like if it's for practicing and having fun i would go for 1.8 nitro um if it's really to race and uh, go on the racing I would prefer, for sure, touring. So, so 10th touring car is your, is your absolute favourite class? Yeah, in the moment, I think, yes. Yeah. I really, I drive it a lot and I really like it uh, because of everything, you know, like how you change the car, how the car reacts to, to your setup and uh, to the things you do to the setup, you know. And then as we have all the same tyres, all the same additive, it makes a lot fair, the things, you know. Yeah. So you just need to work on the setup around. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see you got cars at home now because the last time we spoke, you didn't have any cars at home. Uh, you were saying that the, yeah. track was, the track was always too dusty to run on. <laughs> yeah, now finally I got the cars home. Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple of, yes. Brilliant. So have you got many... Um, have you got much con I, I know I mince my words I choose them carefully I know you're the best in the world but do you have any competition when you go to the club uh, do, you, do you have anyone that's close or anyone that thinks okay. they can take you or now Alex is in Portugal Alex Agberg yeah so I will say yes now ah. yes because Alex is here um, you should still say yeah, no when, yeah <laughs> and, when and Alex send, is not here I will send say the show to him <laughs> yeah yeah. So do you, have you do you um, do you go out with Alex a lot? And do you plan do you go testing together? Yeah, we go testing together. So he also lives close to the track. Um, so yeah, we go there all the time. We go there. We go there together. So yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, just going back to the videos you you did when you did the the, the fastest lap one for the touring yeah. car. I love how you edited the video together where, where it was like, you know, you'd open the door, you were at the car garage, you were in the car, you were at the track, the way, the way you edited it together. Did you do that yourself or did you, have you got someone to do it for you? No, no, I did everything everything by myself, yeah. Well done, it's re really, really sharp. The editing on him is, is epic. It's really, it's really good. You are right, Chris? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what happened then. It seemed like my mic got stuck. <laughs> I could hear you guys talking, but I couldn't, uh, you couldn't hear me. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were 
because you really started being paid for doing RC when you were about 21, didn't you? Um, be- before that, there was a, like a gap of when you won the, the Junior Worlds and the Junior Euros. You had like a quite a big gap of from when you were like 14, I suppose, didn't you, until you, you came back on the scene when you were 21? Yeah, because uh, actually after that Worlds, uh, basically what happened was that Sirio uh, on that Worlds, uh, after one year, I think they, they closed the, the factory. Um, and actually, no, no sponsored uh, want to spo- sponsor me, let's say. Yeah. Because uh, in that time, the companies only really bet on the drivers from the the center of Europe. So, like, if you are really, if you are like from Germany, from Italy, from France, maximum, they will sponsor you. If you are from not from there, they wouldn't sponsor you. You know. So that's why you, you, in that time you didn't see many Spanish guys or, or even Portuguese people like sponsored, you know. So, and the problem was after that wars I didn't get any sponsored anymore. So, and as I said, we had no money to go to the races. So it was difficult for us to go back on the races and be ready uh, to compete, you know, with the with the top guys. Yeah, I mean, travel really is the most expect. Well, if you go in Europe abroad, you know. Transport is always the most expensive part of the racing. Is transport, yeah. you know, airplanes or cars and uh, hotels and feeding yourself in a hotel. That's where the, the a lot of the, the main expenditure comes from, isn't it? Yeah. So did, sure. did you go and get a job then? Yeah. But, then um, I started. I started to work. Yeah. I started to work uh, to help my dad. Um, to help with my dad uh, with the uh, with expenses, you know, to pay the the, the everything, you yeah, know, the yeah. hotels and everything, and it was there that I really realized how expensive the hobby was in that time, you know, for us, because I started to help them and I started to see like how much I was getting from the salary and how much I was paying for their C, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I I realized that really uh, it was expensive. Yeah, absolutely. It can be crippling at times. So you know, you have to decide at the end of the month whether you're paying your electricity bill or you're going racing that weekend. Yeah, yeah. So what what was your what was your job then? And did you race um, right the way through? Yeah, I was. I was uh, in the beginning. I was working in the BMV as a mechanic yeah. because uh, I had a mechatronic. Uh, like uh, I don't know how to how to explain it, but I study mechatronic. It's like mechanic and electronic. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, then I was working like for one year on a BMW, and then after that one year I changed to a a, a company like the contract manager uh, for a, a truck company. That was basically I was managing the contracts to to the guys that want to rent the big trucks, you know, yeah. to go around the, the Europe, and uh, I was managing basically the, these contracts. Um, yeah, I was working there. Um, and I had basically the euros, the euros in Spain, 110 electric, and I finished like second without any practice, without nothing. And uh, X-ray asked me if I want to go to the worlds. In that time, um, but the problem was I I had my my holidays from the job were already finished, so basically to go on the worlds, um, I needed to go, and it was in America. Um, I needed to. Or quit the job, or quit the job <laughs> was yeah. basically the, the two chances I had uh, to go on the worlds. Uh, and I had like X-ray only invite me to go there, so they only like kind of paid the trip to go there. So um, I, di- I didn't really had a contract or you know something to to really say. Okay, now from now on I will start to get paid from this, so I can really quit the job. Mm. So yeah, I didn't really wanted to go there. Um, because I had a, a fixed job in Portugal, and Portugal in that time we had a big crisis, 
so I would say that if I quit and then something go wrong, um, I had no job back again because you know it was difficult at that time, and uh, my job was quite quite good in that time. So yeah, my father kind of pushed me to go and uh, and really made me see the things on different way, you know. And then I um, yeah I went I went there. I, I basically quit the job and went there and luckily and with a lot of hard work we we were able to to finish second on the worlds and from there on everything started so, like a, a big boom really so when you finished second at the worlds did you old job phone you say ah maybe we were a bit so do you want your job back or was that it or did you just that you just went, that decided that was the time to be become full-time rc no i i think after that worlds uh, in the end of the worlds there was immediately many companies uh, interested on you know so I, I understood immediately that I wouldn't get my job back again, you know. Yeah. Because I didn't need it. Yeah, um, yeah and and of course uh, was finally I got this because, as I said, I think I was sponsored super late because today I see some kids with 14 years old already sponsored. Yeah. You know, uh, and at that time I was like 20, 21, and was my first like sponsored, let's say, like paid. Yeah. Um, but I already existed before, you know. But as I said, again, I think it was because I was not in the center of Europe, so I was not going to that main races in the center of Europe. I was going only for the for the European Championship or World Championship, you know. So the brands couldn't really see me that much. Yeah, um, yeah but from there on, yeah, X-Ray um, bet a lot on me, and uh, they pushed me to go in every race, like international race, and from there on I started to, to grow and grow and grow. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, they won that bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, have you? Do you do you go to the factory very much, the X-ray factory, to see anything, or do, or do you test at the their arena much? Yeah. In uh, last year, I I just went there one time actually uh, because we had no races. So normally we go there before a race to test. Yeah. Uh, but the, as we had no races, we I didn't. Win, I went there just one time in in August, I think. Uh, and actually, I'm going there Monday, again. Uh, for two weeks of tests, um, but yeah, when when we have races, uh, we go there like almost uh, every time before a race. Let's say, like if we, if we have ATS or EOS, we go there one week before. What are you testing on Monday? Ah, <laughs> <can I> say. <laughs> I was trying to talk about there, <laughs> but I can say I will. I think I will test many things. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have yet the schedule of what I'm going to test. Uh, but we have a lot to test, a lot, yeah. a lot of categories, uh, you know, off-road cars. Uh, the GT, the GTs are about to come out. Day 30 from this month, they are about to to come out. So for sure, the GTs, the the T4, you know, all all categories for sure. Yeah. So do you, do you just literally just fly over with your transmitter, your radio? Uh, and Basically, then, yeah. Basically, yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, is there any of the? Obviously, you say you're testing a lot of categories. Is there any category you've ever thought, you know what, I'd really like to have a go at that, but never actually had a go? Like any of the F1 categories or mm, anything no, like think, that? I think the ones that I really like, I, I, I drive it, you know. Some, sometimes, you know, when I see some, some new car, I'll for sure like to try it to have the feeling, you know, to if some customer come to me and talk with me, I actually know what he's talking about, you know, like to try to understand what he's telling. So when I see some new category come out, coming out from uh, from X-ray, you know, I try immediately to to drive it, you know, just to have some feeling from the car and uh, and some knowledge from the car. 
just to when some customer come to me and approach me and ask me something about the car, I'm able to you know to try to explain or try to understand what it means, yeah. what it means. So that, I suppose that's just going back to being a good ambassador for the brand, isn't it? And trying to help the people. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, for sure. I I try my best. Yeah. So, what would you say has been like your hardest category to pick up and drive? Is it is the one that you particularly you you really think oh, I really have to try harder in this one? Uh, I would say two-wheel drive uh, off-road. Two-wheel drive off-road. Yeah, this was the category that really I think it teached me a lot, really. Because it was the category that I, in the, when I started in the beginning, I didn't really like it, you know, because it's a kind of category that is super difficult, you know. It's difficult yeah. to to drive on many different surfaces, you know. Like if you go on dirt with two drive, it's really difficult. But it's all, and m- the main thing is about the driver, you know. You need to be super careful, you need to be smooth. And I was always an aggressive driver. So if you if an aggressive driver drives a two drive, it doesn't match, you know. <laughs> it really doesn't match. Yeah. So I needed completely to change my driving style and uh, you know make me breathe a little bit more. Like you know when you you make you make that thing like on the on the track, you know, and you are like okay, relax because you are yeah. too stressed, you know. It was it's for sure the category that I really like to drive on the on the carpet, but on different surfaces is really difficult for me. Yeah, I've always been, I've always been told that um, your best way to learn how to drive any car, and your best way to improve your skill is two wheel drive on a slippy track. Yeah, yeah. two wheel drive on a low traction track is one of the hardest things to drive, and if you can learn to drive that, you can learn to drive anything. Well, two wheel drive requires skill and precision, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I would not think like to to increase your skills. But I would say maybe to to how can I explain to make you think more a little bit and like play more or or, or how can I say drive more with the head and not with the skills, you know? Yeah. Because the two-wheel drive is that kind of category that you can have huge skills. Like you can be the best driver in the world on the skills, but if you don't really drive it with the head and like calm and like thinking what you are doing. You are completely out of the, you know, out of the race. Let's say, because really, I had so many races. I was by far the fastest, but I didn't win one because I wasn't really able to finish the race. You know, because it's a class. You need to really keep on the wheels always. You you can't really. You need to push the throttle full when you are straight, brake when you are straight. You know, it's like very. Okay, you say like you you need to have a rule on yourself when you are driving it, you know, and not really just the skill to drive it. Yeah, the the skill in it is the the self control, isn't it? And the, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so you used to suffer with that, especially on the on the start of the EOS year, wasn't it? You, there was always carnage on the straights because yeah. last time you came on, you said you had to be in the lead at the, no matter where it was, even if you were seventh on the grid, you had to be into the yeah. you had to go into the first corner first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think the big thing you could see with that was the the last four wheel drive world championships that you won in the hoodie arena. Yeah, it was basically, if we're honest, it was you versus it was Dakota Fend, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, to me, that that TLR seemed to be the faster car at the time. 
but I think what made the difference in that situation was the driver. And, you know, the, the, you were just able to maintain that a lot, maintain the speed a lot more than Dakota was with the TLR. Yeah, I think I think Dakota was, uh, he knew he was faster, but he was also in the position that when you start second, let's say that you have nothing to lose. Because let's say the top 10 are there not to finish second, right? They are there to finish first. Yeah, well, that's it. Obviously. So let's say when you are second, you have nothing to lose because you want to finish first. Yeah. But when you are first, you have everything to lose because you want to finish first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in that, I think on that world, I, I wasn't really slower than him. I needed to be slower than him because if I, if I, tried to force to pull away from him I could make a mistake and the worst thing to lose a world because someone overtake you it's to lose because of yourself because you flipped like trying to pull away so it's kind of better to play safe and try to really break earlier you know like to don't open too much or to make some stupid mistake like a short landing or you know these kind of things and of course when he's behind he's pushing and forcing maximum to keep your pace and if you are breaking earlier and making everything safe, you are for sure slower. Yeah. So yeah. I and think. Sell, tell. I was, I was going to say, sorry, it's, it's, it's always the easiest to follow as well, isn't it? Yeah. You for, know, it's always e- so I'm, much easier to follow. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And, and you can feel, and many times we say this on the, when, like, between professional drivers, when you, we are like, when you are in the front, your setup is very bad, but when you go to the back, your setup is very good. Yeah, because basically you just follow the line and you follow the break points and everything like where the guy in the front breaks you break a little bit earlier so you catch him you know so it's always like this so that's I think why he was or it looks like and when I watch the videos of course it looks like he was much faster than me but it was it wasn't really true you know because if I was able to force and to push more I was able to keep at least the same pace and yeah. on the qualifies I was actually faster that's, that's why I was first so um, I think it's just a question of like how I was defending, you know. Yeah, well, that was it. I mean, I've I've been lucky enough to see a few of your races in person, but the one that really, really sticks out um, that I always remember was when you came over to the UK to do the MKGP in the shopping centre. Yeah, and um, you were having some of the races and the battles you were having with some of the the people there were were brilliant and. It was really, really close racing. It was it was hard racing, but very respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a good battle with one of our young kids from Associated, Tommy Hall. Yeah. Um, and that was, it was just brilliant to watch. It was, you know, it was just good watching the race craft that you could put on lap after lap, corner after corner. I mean, I can't do it. I can barely do that for a lap. But, <laughs> you know, is there anybody that you particularly um love racing against it who's your your favorite person like if it was a battle for the world championship one-on-one who would you love to be racing uh i really on on roads i really like to drive with uh, ronald walker oh I yeah it's 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 for me on 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 roads uh i think it's a very very respectful guy you know it's really respects uh everything like the breakpoint the like if you are in, he's not going to close because he knows you are already in, you know. So it's it's really I really like to drive and 
and uh, and fight with him on the truck uh, because I think we respect a lot each other. We we had some fights in the past, it's true, um, but but I think it's normal. You know, when you drive so many times together and you are always fighting normally for the first and first the first place, you know, like first first and second. Yeah. Uh, it's normal that sometimes when you touch and you know it was so much on the um, on the table you know like for a ETS or for a, maybe a European championship you know nobody likes when someone touches you know so that's why in the past of course we had some some frictions but i think it's completely normal you know it's uh, even today when we drive it can happen you know sometimes you if i touch him or he touch me you know so but i really like to drive with him because i think it's we respect respect a lot each other you know on the track and outside of the track and uh, on off roads uh, I would say Lee Martin. I really like to drive with Lee Martin and Martin Bayer. So I really like to drive with with them both. Um, and Orlovsky, I also like to drive. I think it's it's um, it's also very nice. I think these three guys are very nice drivers in off roads, and they really respect when we are fighting together. You know. Yeah. Now Lee Lee's a good guy. Um, yeah. Obviously, we've had Lee on the show before, um, and I know. You know, also, Craig. Think... I mean, in off-road, in off-road, I, I, I think I fight much more times in off-road than in on-road, actually. You know, because uh, normally in off, in on-road, I fight always with Ronald, more times. In yeah. off-road, I fight normally with many people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. different. <laughs> it definitely seems like the the competition. I, I can't really say that because I, I don't really pay much attention to the on-road mm. stuff. I'm predominantly off off road although i started with on road so um it seems like the the competition gap is a lot tighter in the world's on off road scene you've got maybe 10 15 20 guys who you could really anybody could win it yeah you like mean, uh, you know, I mean... rivkin yourself yeah in in touring we are i think we are like I think the main problem also it's like I, I main focus only on on roads, you know. So I, I would say my practice and my races are like seventy percent on on road touring, and then the rest. Yeah. So it's normal that I'm I, I would say better on on roads than off roads. So I would say if I change my priorities to off roads, I would grow a little bit more, you know, and maybe that that. Uh, that difference will be like is now in off, in on road, you know, yeah. like uh, just maybe fighting with uh, only one guy in off road and not so many, you know. Yeah, like that. I mean, is there any is there anything that you you haven't won that you'd like to win a particular world title? Yeah, I, I would like to to win uh, one eight off road uh, and on road. That's the the two things that I, I would like to win. Uh, okay, that's interesting. And yeah. do you think you can do that these days? You know, are you? Is it something you're going to put like a really focus on and, and try and go for? No, n- not really. Because as I said, I really like when I go to the things. I don't like to put way too much pressure on me and on the people around me that are with me. So as I said, I like to have fun and go there. You know, with um. With the mentality to win, of course, but not to. I'm here just to win, you know. So that's why I would like to win, of course, the one eight worlds. But I will never do like a, a year stopping, like testing only one eight off road just to try to win the worlds. 
because I think it's even worse if you do that because you are putting on you on your shoulders so much pressure you know to win that world that when arrives the time you, you will for sure you know make some stupid stuff because you know your psychology is completely broken because yeah. you will just be there to win the world and you will don't see nothing more than like ah, I was one year working for that and then in the end you don't win so it can be very bad you know yeah yeah can I ask you about the the Euros when they, when X-Ray brought the test runs over to look after you for the weekend? Sure. How did you get out? What was that like working with those guys and and, and getting them shipped over to, to, to run your car for you and everything to, to make sure everything was perfect for you to, 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 do, to get the job done? Yeah, I, I really I really liked the truck. And, um, and uh, in that time, my dad was my mechanic, you know, but um, but we will need someone on the on the top level, let's say, like yeah. that is every every day running on this, and um, to, to make my mechanic, you know, to to really try to win the Euros, you know, because I liked the track, I knew the track, you know, was not far from my home. Um, I liked the track, so on the on the warm up, I went there with the with the basic setup. Let's say I, I was not there testing a lot, yeah. and I was capable to keep the same pace as the the front guys, you know. So I was like, okay, but maybe if we work a little bit, we could make something nice, you know. Yeah. So that's that's then we started to talk with uh, with Ty, and Ty was like free for like one month, and we were like, so why why Ty is not coming here to to help me, you know, and to help the X3 team? Yeah. You know, and they said, why not? I mean, so then they came, they came, they prepared the car, and uh, yeah, everything ran perfect because they have a lot of knowledge, you know, they they work a lot. Um, and yeah, of course, they part of the Euros. I would say fifty-fifty um, was their work for sure. Did they change many things on the car? Did they, you know, as soon as they got there, did they go? Oh no, we need to change this straight away, or did they just follow your lead? No, they they actually they we had a very good uh, starting setup that they they put immediately on the on the car. It is like a starting setup they use normally yeah. in, in every truck, uh, and the, the car was really working very good in the beginning. Um, and as you know, off-road is more about tires than really the car. Yeah. So it's like you change the tires and immediately you go like one second faster just because of the tires. So then we were just playing with the tires and try to understand what's the best for the for the final. Um, and we don't, didn't really work a lot on the car, just about like uh, on the oil, on the suspension, you know, to make the car more smooth or the track if has not so much traction or if it's more bumpy, less bumpy, you know, just these kind of changes, not yeah. really much. Oh, cool. And obviously, um, was, it, was it big parties when you when you won? Yeah, it was, it was really amazing. I was, uh, I, I think it was my best, I couldn't say my best race, but I would say it was the race that I really enjoyed the most during and after the race yeah because it's it's unbelievable and it's something that i cannot uh, explain it's like when you are passing on the straight during the final and like you are first and you you hear like a huge noise from the back the people like screaming and hitting on the on the fences like like boom boom yeah. boom huge noise just because you are first but still 20 minutes to go yeah. you know <laughs> and you, you are like they are making already a huge party and it's like it's something that i can't really it's the feeling that i can't really explain you know it's something crazy yeah and then when you cross the line 
and looks like the world is going to end because everything is screaming, everybody's screaming, is like hitting everything, like what huge noise. I I start to scream as well, you know, because I, you know, <laughs> it was it's really it, it was fantastic because of the environment around, you know. Yeah. Like when you have I don't know 80, 90, 100 people, Portuguese people there that were like pushing you, you know, and like uh, helping you to win the, ra- the the final, let's say. Yeah. And when you finish, everybody's like, you know, happy with you, you know, and making the party with you. It's it's crazy, you know, because the other worlds when I won, uh, okay, the people were happy, were clapping, but not everybody was really making the party with me, you know. And on that race, I had like 100 Portuguese guys making the party with me. So it was, it was really unbelievable you know like it's really i can describe that awesome mate brilliant sounds brilliant so you've driven a lot of cars over the years and a couple of the questions we always ask all of our guests if you could just go out to any track tomorrow and just pick a car just to go out and have some fun with one of your old cars one of your new cars any car you've ever owned what would be the the first car you'd choose? If it was tomorrow, I would choose the 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 GTE. That is the the new car from uh, from X-Ray that is coming the, day thirty. Yeah. And I just got it uh, last week. I built it, and today I was on the track with it. And really, I had for a long time. I didn't have a car that that I really had a smile on the face driving it. You know. Yeah. Like having fun. Because okay, it's 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 kind of weird saying this, but it's like when you have the other car and it makes changes on a setup, you really feel good. But it's not the kind of thing that you are like, how can I say, like driving and having really a lot of fun, like forcing it, pushing it, sliding and doing whatever you want because you are having fun with the car, you know. And today I just drove the the the, the car from the G, the new GTE from uh, from X-Ray, and really. It was amazing, really. I really, if I went tomorrow to the track, I go again with that car. <laughs> what, so what? that's the new, that's the new um, on-road one-eighth electric platform, isn't it? So what, what yeah. are they like underneath the body? Are they like um, a, um, an, an e-buggy, a, a nitro, uh, sorry, an eight-scale e-buggy, but with shorter shock absorbers? Yeah, it's basically that. But now they they have changed uh, a little bit the geometries and everything. So basically, before they they do that, so they just put short absorbers from yeah. the off-road one and uh, the car was lower and that's it now they really make the platform more like on-road so really the the driving style and and everything is really amazing to drive you know it's easy yeah. to drive and really you have a lot of fun so what's the yeah, yeah. what is the fastest ra- way around the track of one of those is it get it sliding like a rallycross car or is it getting smooth like a touring car you can do everything you want. That's why. That's why it's so nice. It's, yeah. it's nice because you can drive smooth and you drive like touring car. Yeah. Or you can just punch it out of the corner and you drive it like a rally car. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. It's really. That's why I really like it because I was exiting from the corners full throttle and the car has so much power that you can actually slide. But in certain point, it just get the traction and go perfectly. You know. Yeah. So it's really like I'm driving like the rally cross. You know, the the, the rally cross. Like. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Really, I really enjoy it. So when you say the power, obviously you'll be running, is it the XR8 Pro? Yeah. yeah. And what, um, which of the which KV motor have you got? Today I was driving only the 2200. 
So I really, because I had, I, I didn't receive yet from Obi-Wing the, the 2800, that is the, the one that's supposed to be for on-road. Yeah. Right. But today I was I was driving with the 2200 that is supposed to be the off-road engine, the supposed motor, sorry, yeah. uh, the off-road motor. And I was driving with the 5000 batteries, two packs of 5000 batteries. That is kind of short for uh, for that kind of category. Normally they should run 2800 motor and 8000 batteries so i would say that if i put that that uh, package i will have double double power so i think it will be even more fun yeah <laughs> but i didn't receive <laughs> yet but uh, i would go for sure back on the truck with that package that will be for sure amazing Brilliant. so what are the in that class what are the the race lengths like and how are you how are you sort of you're lasting in those because obviously the eighth scale nitro stuff has longer finals and longer qualifiers what are the what are the run times like in on this gta uh, on the nitro uh, on the nitro I don't, I don't know yet because i didn't test it. i know fx is coming with a new engine but i didn't test it yet uh but on electric i know with the with the big packs like 9000 you can run 10 minutes but it's very very short let's say let's say you make 10 minutes and one lap that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is that what's what are the um, what's the race format for the GT cars? Do they normally run... normally it's five minutes only finals oh. and and qualifies? But on the Euros, I'm not sure. But I know in the past, then when when X-ray won the the Euros in Spain, yeah. that was was ten minutes. It was uh, ten minutes the finals. Wow. Five minutes the qualifies and ten minutes the finals. So you got to have the best of the best batteries for that one, then, mate. Yeah, I know. I know the guy that won was maybe the only one having the ten thousand packs. That's why he won. <laughs> <laughs> he was able to finish the ten minutes. <laughs> that, that's making me nervous because I've just bought an e. I've just bought an e buggy, and they're ten minute finals in the UK, but, yeah. and uh, I've only got eight thousand. Yeah, but the buggy buggy is no problem. Buggy yeah. is you don't need so much power, let's say, and you don't you are not full throttle all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's what Craig Resher always used to say. That he said the main problem with e-bugs is people make them too fast. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I can tell you. Like I, I run on my e-buggy, I run 1,900 motor, and I see everybody buying 2,200. I'm like, why? You know, and like I, I, I run normally on the on the big races, you know, and I don't need more than 1,900. Yeah, you know, because you don't need. You have no yeah. traction for that. You know, I can believe maybe on America when you have that huge trucks. With huge straights, you maybe need 2,200, but on our tracks in Europe, you don't need it. No. What, well, what, like motor, what, what motor have you got in your car, Chris? <laughs> well, I feel like an idiot now. now. <laughs> now I, to be fair, I didn't buy it. You got 3,000, didn't it, Chris? Go, now I've got a 2,250. <laughs> Hobby wing. I did buy it to go racing originally. I had it in another car um, with an X, the original XR8 plus yeah um and i had it in another car that was kind of a bit of a basher that i'd just use up and down the street and stuff like that so for that the power was you know the fun thing but then i bought this e-buggy and you know rather than spend another small fortune going and buying all new electronics Mm -hmm. i've just reused this so for a short while, I have got. I am one of the people that are an idiot and have put a, a twenty-two fifty in it. I think, Chris, yeah, just, so, I think just so we're clear, the, the world champion did just call you an idiot. All right, just so, just <laughs> yeah, so we're clear. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, didn't I, get it. I mean, I get it. I think it's it's completely normal, and I think we all do that when we are like, how can I say, 
when I was until I was professional and really get into it, I I started to understand that less means more, you know. And yeah. I could say that in the worlds when I won the worlds in uh, in Japan yeah. with the XP4, really if um, um, Jurgen that was the LRP owner and he was setting my my LRP speedo in that time, yeah, he was like, why you want so much power? And really in that time I didn't think about that. I just want power. I just want when I hit the throttle I want to see the I want to see it screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I want to I want to when I push the throttle, I hear my car from the stand and I said that's my car. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's all I want, you know. And uh, through the years I started to understand that less means more, you know. Yeah. That's when you have uh, like um, less power, you have less stress on the car, you have l- less driving style stress, let's say like you can be more smooth, you know, and everything runs better, you know, yeah. you are more more constant driving you know because your car is not stressing and like sliding and doing all these kind of things yeah slip is not working over time yeah did Jürgen make you slow your car down or no in that world not but he gave me a big lesson and he really he wanted to you know he was trying to show me that message he was trying to tell me that less means more but in that time I really didn't want to you know because I didn't really understand why you know but through the years and after lost some races because of that you know because on that race really my car was amazing i was also driving very good there uh so i was really able to drive but on some races all details really count yeah you know and um yeah i mean when that xb4 came out um you know the one you and the worlds with it was that was a game changer in rc wasn't it yeah that that for sure that worlds was was amazing and i I could say that i i won it Kind of not easy, but really with a good gap. Let's say yeah. it's not normal for worlds um, because of the car. Because the car was really impressive. It was like one, one step in front of everyone at that time. Yeah, definitely was. Yeah. It was like it was like turning up. Yeah, with the extra advantage in your pocket, wasn't it? Having that yeah. car when it first came out and the design of it. Um, yeah. How much do you have to do with the designs? Because obviously we know Martin Bayer is a well, he's an awesome driver in his own right, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And he's also the designer. Like, I, I've kind of got this impression there's like a an X-Ray team driver WhatsApp group, and it's just you, Martin, and Yuraj Hoodie talking about how you can make things go even, even faster. And what's the what's the sort of the way that you get involved in the the testing and the upgrades and do you go to a track and go, oh, maybe if we, we had these extra blocks or, you know, you made the, the C and D mounts a little bit wider? Yeah, as I said uh, before, like, I'm not really into a lot on the other classes and uh, I'm like 70% on touring and the rest, you know. Yeah. So I would say that on touring, I'm really into everything, what they do, what they are planning to do and everything. On off-road, I'm into nothing. Yeah. So when I arrive to the truck, he just tell me, okay, try this new part, and I try. That's it. <laughs> so basically, I'm not really into nothing. Like sometimes, if I see a good idea or something, I I, I communicate with him or, or with Uri. Um But uh, I'm not really into a group where we share new things, you know, or yeah. things that we are really not on off road. On on road, we we do we do have it, and we do it a lot 
Uh, almost every day we have we we shot on that on that group. Uh, on off road we don't really have it. On no time ago at the arena you have some new stuff to test. I test it, I give my feedback, and basically that's it. Perfect. So I mean we're just clicking over an hour now, Bruno. Um, so we'll look at letting you go in a, in a little while. But we'll just ask a couple, last couple of questions if that's all right. Sure. Um, Where's your what 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 was your favourite track out of all the races you've been to? It doesn't have to be a, a massive event, but what was the what, what was your favourite track around the world? Um, I don't have only one. I have many, so okay. I think it's kind of difficult to say one. A I really like them. Thailand. Yeah, yeah, Thailand TITC from the TITC track. So yeah. he's an RC addict. Um, I really like Udi Arena, um, the the off the on road track, off road track. No, is is okay. It's a good track. Um, I really loved the Neo Buggy truck, but I, they change every year, so or they they don't make any more now. But in the past, um, the trucks were always amazing. And uh, in Netherlands, uh, in Apeldoorn, there is a on-road truck that I really like. I really really like. No, nice. I think that's it. Perfect. And what are your plans for the for the future um, this year? Have you got any races booked? Um, that, you, that you're going to I mean we know you've got your couple of weeks coming up at the testing at the factory but have you got any race meetings you, you're trying to get to yeah we had we have the plan to go to ETS in June uh, but still they can change the the dates yeah. because they, they have been changing already uh, from February yeah, they just need to March, make sure it's safe April, down yeah so they are changing so we don't really know so for the moment is is planned to be on in June so if everything it's perfect, so we will go for sure. But I think it's the only really race that we have on the schedule for the moment because no one is actually planning a race now. Yeah. Brilliant. Right, yeah. With, with that, we'll look at letting you go. Have you got any last questions, Chris? Uh, no, mate. I, um, I think Bruno's answered everything I wanted to know. Bruno, thanks very much for coming on tonight. It's, it's, it's been great to get you. Um, good, luck, good luck next week with your testing, and we'll, we'll see you soon, mate. Thank you very much, guys. Really, thank you for for everything for the shot, and uh, see you next time. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you. And he's gone. How about that? Well, Excellent, man. He, he he was actually gone on Friday night, guys, because yeah. because he, he's such a busy man. We managed to get nail him down to Friday to record. So we recorded that Bruno episode last Friday, but luckily nothing changed in the world. Everything's still the same, so it's all still a bit relevant, I suppose. <laughs> So Chris, now it's time for the real deal, mate. It's time for the me and you deal. to talk about what we got up to last weekend. So let's start with you. I mean, I, I know I've been racing, mate, but I don't know how I can make my racing sound as interesting as, you know, everything Bruno's done. It's kind. We kind of we're on a downslope now, aren't we? That's it, mate. That's it. Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm still. I'm staying the same speed. Everyone else is, around me is getting faster. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So let's talk about Kiddy. No, let's talk about Coventry. Yeah, you went Coventry. Racing, you went racing trucks, didn't you? I did go racing trucks, mate, because you know that is the premier class these days. Absolutely, it's, it's budding, it's building, and it's going. Um, so yeah, went racing trucks over at Coventry for round one of their. Uh, I think they're calling it the Cov Spring Cup. Uh, so we got booked in for that um, pitting with my truck nemesis Mr Jake Guy uh, 
so we'll get on to him in a minute and then as we were setting up uh, the newer the newest of the AE crew uh, Eugene Galley and Laura Hicklin turned up so we said guys just jump in jump in next to us here if you want and you know share some setups and everything so yeah did that had a really good day good laugh good chat um they ran... No, mate, Jake did. Oh, mate. There's, there's stories behind it. There's oh, stories mate. Behind it. We'll get into these now, mate. You've, you've let me down here. I know, but occasionally you've got to do something for the needy kids, haven't how, you? How did Jake out qualify you? What, what was the round scores? I should have um, looked at this on the internet mate, really before be I fair, attacked you. To, right. We'll get this out of the way first of all. Jake actually drove really well all the, all day. We're getting that out of the way. That's the only time we'll mention it. From from here on out, he's a arrogant little smurf. So yeah, Jake TQ round one, two, and three, and I was second in those. And then me and Jake both had a mare in round three, in round four basically, and a guy called Andy Newton won. But that pushed me down to third on the grid. Oh mate, it gets worse. I oh, know it does. Um, so obviously, because Jake had beaten you um, thoroughly, you went back to the table, sat down, took the whole truck apart to find out what was wrong with it. Oh, mate, I'd already took the truck apart for the whole day. Um, yeah, so oh, it just didn't feel right. And no matter what I did, um, that Coventry ran uh, a clockwise track this week. Now, when Coventry run a clockwise track, there's more grip on an ice rink. <laughs> there really is. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, you know, the Coventry guys did a really good job. The track maybe wasn't the easiest and maybe wasn't the most flowing of tracks. Didn't necessarily suit my style of driving, you know what I mean? And I just couldn't, no matter what I did, I couldn't get the truck to feel right. I was changing this, that. I added more camber, more uh, more towing, more camber, less anti-squat, gear diff to a ball diff everything i could think of and i just could not get this truck to stop spinning on power so i was going th- I was fishing through the thing before the final and i spoke to um chris yardy and tom yardy um you know who gave me some tips on what to do so i changed them it gradually got better and better but then just before the final i realized the um you know the, like the little nipple on the arm that holds the anti-roll bar Oh yeah, yeah. It popped off. The nipple had completely detached from the um, the wishbone. From the actual, from the wishbone. So, so yeah. that, that's why you were spinning around in circles then. Yeah, the the roll bar was just non-existent on the front, and there was something I'd tried with the shocks at Telford for literally two laps. It was crap. So I just put the truck in the back. That was all I wanted to know. Forgot to put them back. So found out for the final, changed it. It still wasn't great but it was drivable, you know what I mean? So I managed to, despite a very poor representation of myself through qualifying, I managed to to take the lead and hold it and not really have to push the truck too hard towards the end of the race. So when you overtook Jake, was it like four balls out, sidewards, blokes cheering... No, you can't really call it overtaking, mate. It was like, it was basically like being on the M6 with your car in cruise control. <laughs> you know. 
So what? So and then and then you look you look left in, into the middle line and you see like some grannies there in a little one oh six. So you didn't even have to send it. No, no, there wasn't even any send, mate. Um, I mean, Jake, I got past. Jake, I got past. I got. I got past Jake, and then he had he had the the common decency, and he finally showed the respect he should have showed all day, and binned it three times off the corner tabletop. <laughs> you know, nice. I was like, you know, you should have been doing that earlier, Jake. And then he proceeded to get into his uh, into his redneck pickup truck and storm off home after I politely told him it's it's not where you start, mate. It's where you finish. That truck is massive, isn't it? Oh, Jake, honestly, I know you listen, I'm not taking the mic, but that truck you've got is flipping huge, mate. Yeah, and the thing is, Jake, you ain't the biggest of lads either, so you can't really see. You over the dashboard, it looks like Night Rider, it's driving itself. <laughs> Bro. So, how many trucks was there in total? Was it a good good showing? It was a good full, good full heat, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a really good full heat, I had a really good laugh. Uh it's it's good racing, you know. There's probably not some of the top guys like, look, I'm not racing like Tony Bishop there every week, or I'm not right, or Charlie Saunders ain't turning up, or Matt Dodd ain't turning up with his truck like it's all happening this week at Telford. So, I, I get it, you know. But it's a good series. It's well run. It's it's smooth. It's a good laugh. It's not too serious. You know how we were talking a couple of weeks ago with Matt Dodd about the Border Counties League. Yeah. From what I remember of that, it's got a very similar vibe. It's just like a nice, relaxed, fun. Everybody's there seems there to have a laugh more than they are to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's what it seems like. Well, to that's me. what club racing's a... all about, man. Yeah. yeah. Just chilling out with your mates, having a laugh. Did you yeah, pit with Jake? Yeah, yeah. yeah pitted opposite uh, him. Oh, oh so brilliant! So, is, you, so, you, so where, you were friends all day, then, yeah? Well, we were friends up until the point I found out how he was cheating. Oh, he was cheating! Oh, tell he me was more. Cheating. So you know how you know how whenever Jake asks me for some setup advice and stuff about the truck, yeah, I'm very open with him, aren't I? I tell him, I say, look, I'm I'm testing this thing first, but if it works, I'll let you know because I don't want to tell him something if it's not going to work. So you know, I shared everything with him, everything that I'd found out doing the testing with the shock package that me and Neil Saunders had done with Charlie and everything. I love it when you call it a shock package, mate. You sound like such a professional. Do I sound like a pro? just a bit yeah go yeah. on sorry carry on telling your story I interrupted that's very rude I know. that is rude so Jake all day the slimy little smurf had been running the white soft Schumacher inserts in his rear tyres no he had yeah but he'd been telling me all day that he'd been running the hard hard inserts Jake full disclosure now, baby if you ask me, as somebody you know who considered him a teammate, that is full-on scumbaggery. Do you really think he, he, they, they they gave him an advantage? Yes, because the track was that low grip. Yeah, I'd have thought that they'd give him an advantage as the, well, mate. The track was that clear. low grip, mate. I even thought about trying silvers. It was that. It was that low grip. Yeah. Was it? it was half inch of sand everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was just. It was literally like driving on ice. Nothing I could do. So. But like I say, it all came uh, it all came good in the end, you know. He uh, he got the whipping he so deserved. Did you did you, you got mate you got did you jump off the rostrum screaming yes in his face like I do to people? No, no, I didn't do that. As he sort of, I was mar- I was stood like at the on the rostrum point that was quite near the down steps at 
Coven as a one-way system because of the COVID regs. Yeah. And Jake was stood right at the other end of the rostrum. So while I was doing my uh, my victory lap and pulling lap and some donuts in the sand next to his stricken truck, because I did do that, <laughs> he walked past me and I just went, Jake, what did I tell you, buddy? It's not where you start. It's where you finish. <laughs> Sounds like a ten-year-old, Jake. If you want to put your side of the story to this, drop us a message, man. Um, and, it's dead and, easy to put Jake's side of the story. And we'll talk. I about... started. I started pole. I lost. Yeah, and we'll talk about your genuine mistake of put, telling Chris you're on the wrong insert. Wrong yeah. inserts. It's easy done. You know, Chris. If it's if easy if done, anybody, mate. If anybody tags Jake in a, a status or anything of late, in fact, let's see how much the listeners. Everybody tag Jake in a statement and use the. Hashtag second place <laughs> or hashtag bottled it. <laughs> nice. So yeah, that that was my uh, that was my Sunday. Brilliant. Well, my my Sunday wasn't as, as flamboyant as yours. I didn't do anything car related, but I went to Kiddy with Bruce on Friday. Uh, we had a good afternoon in there. Uh, rinse some yeah, tires. Sent, sent me some videos from a drone, which was quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit weird because I couldn't get the whole track in, so it was a bit high. And then yeah. obviously, because it was high, the car looked really small on the track. Um, but yeah, well, it was it, it it is definitely an interesting look look at the cars going around. Anyway, you know, I think it would look better yeah. if there was a couple of cars rather than just the one. I mean, your car didn't really look. Didn't only look small, sorry. It looked quite slow at some of the corners as well. I thought you were stopping to uh, yeah. inspect concrete yeah, that Tony's put in. I know. Uh, listen, I have Prime. I was telling Chris about this in the week. We've been talking about it, guys. I put a video on on Facebook of my car, kidding me, stuff from an overhead quad, and it's and I was coming and it coming onto the straight. The car always seemed to pause before it accelerated again. Um, and we were looking. I've been looking at the videos. Obviously, there was. A, the video was a bit longer but I had to cut a few crashes out and stuff um, so it was like, ended like a lap and a half I dared to post um, but anyway noticing coming onto the straight the car would seem slow and then accelerate almost like I was pausing before I was hitting the throttle so that's something I've got to work on next time I go there um, but I, I was talking you know, when we were talking with Ray Mundy and they are talking about this telemetry and stuff and filming your car you know yeah. I'm not saying there's half a second a lap there but you know the the part where you want your car to be going the fastest it can go, the straight, and I seemed to lift off before it. You know because it was like a flowing bend onto that onto the straight at Kitty, didn't it? And it, I flowed it in. It was, but it wasn't. The, I don't know how many of the listeners know Kitty, but it, it wasn't. You were using like the tighter chicane onto yeah. the straight. Yeah. So you kind of you have to go wider out of the last corner, yeah. and then cut yourself back to carry the speed, and. Despite the fact you, you're a West Mids guy, you weren't using the West Mids line, which is the fastest one. You know how I said you basically get that right wheel on that inner um, wall at the end of the yeah, straight? Yeah. And then if you you can just gun it and there's a little jump that pops you onto the up ramp and you can use that to slow the car down to yeah. then turn right. Yeah. Well, you weren't doing that. You were taking the line that everybody else takes who's not from Kiddie and you were swinging out wide. Yeah, it and must, it, there's a bobble, and it upsets the car, so you end up having to it having to back off and lose must time. Have, it must have just been that video, mate, because I eat it right all the other times. Oh right, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What you what you hit the line right, or you hit the um, 
the wall right or the hedge right or I did have a massive crash going um, yeah. when I hit one of the concrete bot dots. Man, my car flew. Did it's you really... take the Did you take the Richie Thorne four wheel drive line? I don't know. I just hit this massive concrete bot dot apex thing, and my car just launched. It's quite funny. It's quite funny. But no, yeah. Anyway, we digress. But yeah. But it's, I was just saying, it's good that having having the the, the quad in the air and and looking up doing your laps to see. Where you where you think you're right, or you know, mm. to learn something. So yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, mate. Uh, we ran yeah. a load of load of tires through, rinsed some old darts off. Bruce had some new darts um, for his last runs. Um, I tried some. I tried some of them Schumacher Mezzos actually. Yeah, um, what did you like? What do you think? Uh, well, I gave him a fair crack of the whip. I've been running some darts, so I put a new I put in a set of the yellow Mezzos on new inserts and a brand new set of fronts. Um, and I went out and did a full battery pack, and they felt okay. Didn't to me, it didn't feel much different to a dart. Yeah. Um, so full pack was that ten minutes, I suppose. Um, and then went back, had a mess about, let it cool down, whatever, brushed it off, and put another pack in, and went out again, uh, and it, and had another run. And so I did ten minutes on them, and they didn't seem to have lost any 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 grip really. Um, yeah. I mean, I know, I know it's hard to tell when you're practicing, but. The top of the spike should round it off backwards, you know, like you'd expect from, um, like on the tarmac and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But they were still grippy, and even though they were worn at the top, there was still quite a lot of spike left. You know, like on a yeah. dart. When well, we were you, talking when you, to Trish at Cov, you know, Trish was there. When you use a dart, um, the spikes go down so quickly, don't they? You know what yeah. I mean? But that's what I'm saying with these ones, there's, there's still quite a lot of spike left. So yeah, I don't yeah. know how long they're going to work for, you know. Did you find the grip any different to the uh, the darts? Because when uh, I tried them, if, I found that the mezzos gave a bit less side bite, yeah. but they gave more forward drive. Yeah, see, I, 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 I thought they were faster coming out of a corner, more drive, um, yeah. to the point I'd lose my slipper. Um, and I never touch that ever. You know what I mean? It's always set, and I just go to meetings, and it's always normally okay, like you know. But yeah, I had to loosen, had to loosen it off. Plus, it was really, really dry, kiddie as well. Um, yeah. Side bite, I didn't really know because I, I'm not one for a fast apex speeds, am I? You know what I mean? I get to the corner, really get round for, it. Not really one for fast anything, are you? Well, true. You know that hurts. That does. You know, but I'm never, I never, you know, if I grip. If I grip roll at a corner apex, Chris, yeah, it's because I've yeah. overshot it and I'm asking the car for too much steering. Yeah, I never, I never normally grip roll in normal circumstances because I say go fast enough at the apex, you know. So yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but yeah, traction wise, for better and I, I had a dart sort of rinsed in two battery packs. Yeah, you know, because what what's I don't know how long does it last. It's definitely last six seven minutes easy doing it because that's what your race yeah. time is with your warm up and your court and your finishing times so it's got to be yeah got to be over 20 minutes on a set yeah yeah it's um i have got to say that you know the video you sent me of your lad bruce driving yes mate every every time you send me a video of him driving all i keep thinking is you know that day that we joke about where your car's getting yeah. retired and you're sitting at a table wrenching yeah. all day yeah. That that this the distance up until that day is just getting smaller you, and smaller. You know mate. what, mate? I was sat in my grey chair, my my big daddy's camping chair by the side of my car, and I was sat there, and he's up on the rostrum, kneeling down. Every now and then, I'll just see his car trundle past, at the end of the straight and up the bank and disappear yeah. again. 
And I'm just sat there thinking, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I know what's going on. He's getting faster than his dad. He, I'll tell you what, mate. He hit, I mean, it's not hard, but, you know. I know he's... I know he, 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 he's... See, what I, I always stumble over this because I don't want people to think I'm being the dad at the bottom of the rostrum because you know I ain't that, Chris. You know, yeah. and I, I hope other people know that as well. But I see him go around, you know, and I try not to talk to him about what he's doing. Um, but he's a hell of a lot more apexes than me. Yes, he drives slower, granted. But every yeah. apex, he tries to get around it. It's just sometimes he doesn't drive fast enough, you know, or he doesn't get on the power hard enough, or you'll roll early or stuff like that. But I'm just trying to keep my mouth shut because he's improving that quickly on his own without me barking at him. You yeah. know what I mean? I think I think I'm doing the right thing. I don't know. You know, I've only, I'll say well, this all the time. Fair, mate, I've only been dad are, five minutes, mate. I'm learning every day. And to be fair, to... whatever you are do, whatever you're not doing with him carry on don't yeah. give him your driving tips send him up there with some of the quick lads like Tommy yeah. or you know Charlie or yeah. just send him up there with them guys because at but the end of the day because you know he's quite good match with Harry Saunders as well isn't he? you know the, the yeah, yeah. always up to something thick as thieves they are Bloody you know quick. well by the but way exactly but because he, he's close to his age you know I'd like to get him on track together on a practice day yeah. and just go go and have some fun because I said because I put this quicker motor in for him didn't I this um I put a ten so, and a half in for yeah, him. Put a ten and a half in now, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was he I, loving the power? Yeah, and I said to him, when we got there, I said to him, I said, "Look, here's the car. Drive how you like. Yeah, obviously drive not to break it, but go and drive as fast as you want." I said, "But just remember, every time you crash, you're gonna have to walk down the back of the steps and get your car, and, and then go back up and I'll marshal and I'll marshal my own car." Um, and he was like, "Yes, yeah, sound. That was it was the deal." So he, he drove like an absolute monk for the first battery pack and a half, and then then he kind of settled down. Um, and then yeah, so we, uh, I feel like I'm going on, but yeah, we had it was it was a great day, mate. It's all it, it's it's coming together nicely. He's learning really well, you know. So you know, I ain't trying to put no pressure on him. You know, we're just gonna go. He's out enjoying racing. it as it's well, just, isn't it's it? Just lad stuff in it, yeah. You know what I mean, we're out doing that, or you know, it's just 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 the lads at the tracks, all it is. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, because he's enjoying it, he'll he'll progress faster because he's not he's not resenting being at the track he yeah. loves coming down yeah. the track doesn't he and racing and yeah. you know he's quite happy to go and do a practice day and just plod around on his own for two or three hours and that's how he's that's how he's going to enjoy it and learn and you know he'll have a great time doing it I think so mate I think so yeah. we I have got so. another thing to discuss well two things, a couple, I've got a couple of things on my list mate oh, have you, you got a couple but, of things but you on go your first list? well I, I need to talk the about star our, and all our, that. our yeah. viewers listeners poll that we put up last week. Oh, Remember God, the one about the, Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I said it'd be a week and we made the agreement that whatever happened on the viewers' poll is what would happen. So I put the poll up and the poll was, should Russ get a short course together and come and do the Truck Nationals in two-wheel drive short course? So... You want to know the results? Yeah, go on. Well, seven people said no. Let's just... Or the intelligent people. No, it was like Alan O'Brien. And... Oh, he's right. Yeah, no. Yeah, I just thought, no, you, you're wrong. All the intelligent people who voted the yes, hashtag send it uh, vote, there was 31 people voted for that, mate. <laughs> Great. So you know what you're doing next week? Oh, mate. Building a short course. Can't afford this, Chris. And 
I expect. You know how when Roger's on, you have the uh, the egress progress Focus on the egress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have the uh, the Rusley return to SC. I tell you what, right? I have looked at some of the dates. Um, what do you mean some of them? They're all round here. It's like a day trip. It's like just a standard meeting for you if you don't want to camp. I, know. I expect you to camp and get drunk with us, but I don't drink, mate. Well, that's it. You'll get drunk really cheap. It'll be a cheap weekend <laughs> yeah. for you, won't it? Yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't know. It's you a, need, it's you a, need it's to a, camp it's over a big and commitment, mate. It's a big commitment. It's building the truck. It's the testing. It's making sure it works. You know, um, making all the bits I need to make make it work. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But if anyway, what I was saying was, Chris, sorry. If I do decide to do one, I haven't got a worry about it for a month or two because I wouldn't do the first two because they're really far away and they? we're not really far away no no they're not A1's not that far away well I agree yeah but I could do the only one that's far away is Boughton yeah. and Boughton it's far away no matter where you yeah know. I'll say so if I miss them two um, it's, it's Cov, Telford Cov, Telford and Ledbury which are all like places I've, I've raced before and Kiddy now yeah. because Kiddy's took yeah, over yeah. so if I do do it I'll probably Eden do the, I'll probably do the last four because um, it's the championship. Not that I think I'd win it anyway, but it's half. It's half the half the rounds that's plus not, one, that's isn't not it? That's not the attitude. You should be going in there with the intention well, yeah, of winning. Well, yeah, whatever, whatever. It's trucks, man. It's a bit of fun. Um, you should be going there with it. No, it's, <laughs> it's all it, trucks. Is all fun until nationals kick in. Yeah, I've done. Mate, I've done. I've done truck course nationals. I know what they're like. It's just a flipping party from start to finish I might come is this <laughs> how come. you're trying to talk yourself out yeah. of it I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll do I'll, I'll look how much it's going to cost me to do a truck I'll look how much it's going to cost it's going to cost you nothing you've got two you just need to take one out of drag form no the drag cars mate. That, that 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 truck retired now that one that one it was it, it was it, it was um, everything's worn out it? so I'd have to have a new truck and plus it's nice to have the latest thing in it Hey, well, it's nice to have the latest thing. What with you being so factory? Yeah, really. I'm trying to think what else I've done. Uh, to be fair, I've yeah. just looked. A1 is in Grantham. Yeah. It's it's basically from us, Nottingham again, but you can actually cut across. It's not even Nottingham again, actually. Yeah. It's about a, th- a quarter of the distance from Nottingham. Yeah, possibly. So, mate, possibly. Mate, not possibly. Hey, Chris, I, um, I'll, I'll buck you in. <laughs> While I was being a competent modeler this week, competent modeler, I made some charging leads, and you know what? I can see why people charge so much money for them, like thirty, forty quid, because they take forever to make. Did you not ever think of just purchasing? Something? Well, obviously, yeah. But being a competent modeler, it's nice to do stuff, isn't it? Rather than just buy it, make a purchase. I thought, I'll tell you what, Pete, we'll make some of them, and then I made four, and oh, man, it took forever took forever especially the balance plugs because I bought the balance plugs and the wire separate and with the, you know you, put, you use the crimpers to crimp them on mm. so yeah we did that but I soldered them all into there because my mate said it'd be better good old James Stewart if anyone knows him he's a 12th racer he said solder them in it'd be better better connection and it helps with the internal resistance and the battery or something like that so yeah I did that uh, but these these charge leads take forever to make so if you ever listen if you're ever wondering why people are charging 30 40 quid for custom ones they take forever to make forever yeah end of rant (laughs) end of rant you could just buy the monkey kong ones that are like 
10 quid I'll have a look for them Chris now I don't need not that I need any because I've made some you got four I've sets using all now. my modelling skills so oh I'll tell you what I did do uh, I have done randomly I must tell you about this quickly you remember the the Donald Campbell uh, bluebird boat that he backflipped and lost his life. Oh, the one, yeah, the one that he died doing yeah, the speed. Right, you know? Yeah, that's he, it. He did the one return. He did the one, and it was the return yeah, trip that he yeah. flipped on, wasn't well, it, because of the wind? Yeah, I've got some plans for that boat uh, made out of wood from Canada. Got them, got them posted over. So I'm going to, I'm looking at building one of them through the winter. But I'm going to scale what it up you a build, bit. What you, what you building it out of? Uh, wooden plywood and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah, you're not just like gluing matchsticks. No, no, no. Like so, it. so it will work. And then the the plans are like 24th scale. But I was thinking of blowing it up because it was a really, just quickly. I'm, I know it's not RC guys, but yeah. I'm sure it's if you if you're this far to the podcast, I'm sure you'll you'll find it interesting. These things were designed to run on a rocket. You know, like you see them, the kids down the fire, they have a rocket that goes up in and then parachutes back down. Mm. You're like a firework. Well, they're designed yeah, yeah. to run on these, but it's only like a 22 mil tube. So what I was thinking was I can find a ducted fan and then scale up this engine hole size to whatever the width of the ducted fan was so if the ducted fan was like 60 mil so that's going to make the model instead of it being like 12 inches long be like 20 inches long sort of thing yeah. so just basically scale the plans up and then build that and make it RC because it because it only had um, this rocket engine you didn't you, didn't, you couldn't steer it you, had, you could have like a metal rudder on the back that you twist yeah, around okay, forget, to, to aim I might be I might be being a bit thick here but you know if you've just got like a little rocket engine yeah yeah and you put your boat in the water. Yeah. And you ignite the rocket engine. Yeah. And it goes zipping across the water. Yeah. Breaks the RC model boat speed record. Yeah. Well, you've shot your bolt, haven't you? How do you turn it around and get it back? You, or do you what, just that's, leave it? That, that's, that's what just they leave it floating in the middle of the river. No, that's what they they used to do. They have like a boat, like a paddling boat, and they'd paddle out and get it and bring it back to the the dock and have another go, put another rocket in and send it again. But that's oh, what I don't, it, know. I, I don't these, know. Maybe that, these plans that are from paddling like, out, mate, in a boat. That sounds like a lot of physical effort. I mean, I agree. That's why I want to make this I, world. Seem na- I feel knackered after I've raced an RC car and then I've got a Marshall well, three is, cars this in is a why I want to put a, put a motor in it and a steering servo in it, so I can like literally drive it around. But that's how it was designed on, on the plans from the seventies, I think. So I'll put a ducted fan in out of like a jet aircraft and yeah. send it across the the local reservoir see what happens but anyway that's what was something I'm going to do through the winter because uh, I don't be doing much indoor racing mate if I dare I say it so. that's not a bad thing for me well yeah I know, I, know. I, um, I only do the indoor stuff because you know it's it's because all your mates are racing there that's why yeah that's why. I'd, I'd much rather be if I'm honest it's mainly because Princess won't come and race in the cold yeah he struggles with Dudley as well though doesn't he oh honestly yeah I'll tell you what when he started snowing at Telford a couple of weeks ago the look on his face was priceless yeah it was great but you know what you know what the difference was what's that he still raced oh man yeah it was raining it was snowing Chris (laughs) it was Chris it It was snowing I'm not racing in the snow that's that's just was your son out there racing because you don't pay the bills mate <laughs> well, he, what, he, you know he, the speedo and his cost like 40 quid you know what I mean if that blows up it's not really a major issue if I've done mine up <laughs> right, speedos you know. don't speedos don't get wet these days the mine doesn't because it's on the table 
no, some drugs. Was, it wasn't just under the table, it was under my gazebo. <laughs> you even said, quick blow off with the compressor yeah. and a yeah. bit of WD. Oh, oh Chris, by the way, it. I know it was you that left my chair out in the rain. That day. I left right. your chair out in the rain? Yeah. No, that, yeah, my I didn't... chair, it was soaking wet because you'd left it out of the awning. Well, I didn't know that that had happened, but if I had have known that that was a good option, I would have put it out in the rain, yeah? Yeah. What I'd have done is I'd have put it, you know where the, the water pools in the top of the gazebo? Yeah, that's, that's where it was actually, mate, right there. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have put it right under there and give the top of the gazebo a smack <laughs> so that it got a lot of water in it. Mm. You know what else I did? Left your table set up at Telford, so if you want it, you can go and collect it. <laughs> Brilliant. I'll get that back off you when we go racing the weekend. Um, hey, have you booked in for the Schumacher series? I have. Yeah, full series well, or just a couple? I, I don't know whether you, do you class it as booking in. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you've I've, I've asked registered, for an entry. I've registered, registered I've my registered interest. my wish to go to the events. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same yeah and I've booked in for all well, yeah, I've yeah. registered for all of them. Yeah, I've only tried to get this, do the first one at Telford. Um, I don't think I'll get in, to be honest, because I'm not, not doing the full series. Um, but they did say they're going to have a mix of drivers, so I've read that, interestingly. Did you put your date of birth on the form? Yeah, yeah, no, I did as well. Apparently, when you put your, where everyone's typing the date of birth, you only have to put that if you're under sixteen. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, but I'll I'll put it on. So yeah, done. I saw. I read that after I put my date of birth, and then because I was on my phone, it was just I couldn't be bothered. So yeah. I just. <laughs> if, I'm Wrong. sure. I'm sure. Muzz and the guys over at Schumacher yeah. can figure out that I'm not under sixteen. Yeah. So what you're going to try and do? You're going to. Um... You're gonna like go Friday camp over, just basically treat it like it was like it was a national. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Yeah. Um, we'll see what the general consensus is with you know the guys in the team who's going on the Friday because obviously I'm not going to go over on the Friday if it's just me myself and I. Yeah. The only one I'd probably do that for I think is Mendy because that's like a good trek away. Yeah. Um, and I just don't want to. For me, it's not about the necessarily even the camping. It's just about the getting up. So for me to get to Mendip on the Saturday morning for a race meeting that starts at say seven o'clock, yeah, I'd be leaving the house at three a.m. and yeah. by the time that race day finishes at seven a.m. at a national, I'd be broken. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'd never enjoy the Sunday. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. We got that, and then obviously we're both off to Southport this weekend to see our uh, our podcasting friend Aiden. I'm gonna go and bear hug Aiden and Tommy. You can't bear hug him, mate. mate. It's got to be two meters. You You play your games and I'll play mine. All right. Is that, what are you yeah. going to do? Just try to bear hug him so he runs away from the track so you've beat him? Aiden, run. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> mate, I'd, I'd run if you were trying to hug me. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, joking aside, that was a joke, listeners. Um, don't report me to the Popo or anything. The Popo. Yeah. We're going to Southport. I've never been I've never been to the outdoor track before. And I'm really looking forward to it. I want to run my drag car down the straight. Uh, right, so and see if it's as smooth then. as everyone says. Here's a quick question for you then. So we get there, we get set up. It's lovely and sunny. You're thinking, yes, great days racing. Yellow tyres are on, and then right before your heat, it starts snowing. You drove all that way. Is your car stopping on the table? No, I'll, I'll make, I'll, I will. I will make the effort, mate. If we're going that far, I'll make the effort. You, you got to man up and run yeah, it, no absolutely. matter what. Yeah, as long as it's not torrential, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Hailstorms, yeah. everything. Yeah, as long as there's no standing water on the track, I'll do it. God, no, here come the excuses now. Well, as long, no, as, long as, um, as long as the rain doesn't get in my eyes. 
No, 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 no. Honestly, mate. You know, if we're going that, if we're going that far, I'll, I'll definitely make the effort. You know we'll what I think would be a nice effort? What? If our podcasting friend Aiden, out of the extra lap budget, buys us both an ice cream. Wow. Yeah. A safe I think, ice cream. I think, that'd be, I think that would be a genuine show of, of friendship, yeah. and it'd be like you know, you know, like the handshake when they when they paused D-Day for a game of football on Christmas Day. Yeah. It'd be a bit like that. Yeah, that that sounds nice, man. An ice cream at Southport. So how long's the straight? Well, I've have never got, trundle. I've never trundle wheeled. Have I got to, uh, no, I mean, <laughs> have I got to gear my car up? Cause I've got, I've what motor you, I've what got, I've got, got seven and a half. Seven and a half, and I'm running a 24 tooth pinion. Well... I'll be taking the seven and a half out and putting the six and a half in. Well, let's just say I haven't got but a six and a half. You'll you'll probably want to put some boost on oh, for yeah. the straight. Yeah, yeah. But However, I don't like drive. I don't like driving with it all on the speed. I just I'd rather just race with a lower motor and meter it out with me thumb yeah. if I need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. No, places are places are race, mate. Seven and a half is plenty. You know, because um, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm obviously I'm not. But if I go Dudley on a Monday. Uh, obviously, it's obviously normal time. Dudley on a Monday or Midlands, Wednesday and Friday. You know, a six and a half is hard work in those little small venues. You know, yeah. It so is. Oh, that's I'm why I was. Not, seven I haven't half got on. like a. I haven't got like a specific six and a half. Just sat there doing nothing. Yeah. I'm. I say six and a half, but I think I'm just going to take the the new Mac Four out of the four wheel drive, which is a six point So not a massive yeah. amount more power, but nice and mild at the bottom. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. It'll be cool. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I like the. I was watching a video and I like the um, the lump in the middle when you come down and you shoot up that like bumpy straight up to towards the top corner. Yeah, I like that. Looks pretty cool. So I'm I can't for, wait to I'm see you. I can't wait to, to see you go under the trees at the back on the bubbles. Yeah, that'll be fun. It'd be it'd be fine. It'd be fine, mate. I tell you what, would be a great idea though. You know, as soon as we're going up to race with Aiden. Yeah. I bet next week we bend his arm into coming on for a bit of banter he post. Should, he Southport. should come on. He should come on, yes. Yes. Excellent. I think we'll do that. We'll, do we'll that. get Aiden on to laugh at your racing ability. Yeah. And especially if you've stayed in the tent, he can help me mock you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, 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 I'll do it, mate. I promise you. I promise you. Yeah. So. And obviously we're meeting our guest from last week, Gemmo up there. We're meeting yes. Ben up there. Yeah, drag him out. And drag him out. I even, I've even heard a rumour that the Smurfs coming and well, Jake guys travelling to Liverpool as well. Are you going to race two-wheel drive, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Or, and Jake as well? Yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. I don't think there's a truck heat, is there? I don't know. I don't know if there's a truck heat. Um, so... If there's a truck heat and Aiden's listening, swap me and Jake to trucks. Yeah, oh, yeah. So Aiden, if you're listening, I know you will be. We're coming. All right. If we're late, just book us in. I promise you, we'll be there. <laughs> okay. We won't be late. We won't be late. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, mate. Do you um, want to look at knocking it on the head? Have you got anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I've got nothing else I want to say. Just feel weird though, knocking it on the head as early as we are. But I, I know, guess yeah. we did most of the work last week, didn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. It's, this is why we get the big books, mate. It's them time-travelling powers we've developed. Yeah. Do you want to thank the sponsors, dude? Yes, mate. So thank you to CML for all the uh, the goodies that you're uh, moving through the shops. 
and thank you to Schumacher for all your goodies that you're moving for your shops. Thank you to both for supporting the show. We couldn't do it without you. And thank you for the support at Christmas where you throw loads of fancy prizes towards our listeners who have liked and shared the podcast. And I think that brings us on to make sure you like and share the podcast and you'll get an entry into the Christmas draw. That's it, mate. Well done. Exactly what you say. It's so better than me. I've been trying to say it three years and I can never get it right. Guys, thank you very much for getting involved with what we do. Thank you for liking and sharing. Thank you for hopefully liking and sharing this episode with Bruno Coelho, uh, the world champ. That's it, Chris. That's me done. Guys, I'm going to say it again. Don't forget to like and share. Don't forget to like and share. And for old time's sake, don't forget to like and share. We will see you next week with, hopefully, Added Aiden Burke and a UK RC car manufacturer, part, part manufacturer. Part manufacturer. Yes. Do you want to try saying it a third time? Yeah. Part manufacturer. Well done. Hang on, that's that one. Part manufacturer. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome. Chris, I'll see you next week. See you next week, buddy.